0: Yo, Mod Lovers, welcome back. Before we dig into the episode, we've got a little discount code for you as we've teamed up with earlytobed.com to to bring you 10% off anything you buy. To get it, use the affiliate link in the show description, then enter the discount code modclub, all one word, uppercase, and you'll get 10% off at discount. In case you don't know, Early to Bed is an independent, queer, woman-owned business based out of Chicago. They've got all the solid stuff of your standard sex shop, Uh, Vibes, cocks, butt stuff, kink stuff. And they've also got gender gear, trans guy, NB, cock pumps, strokers, and the satisfier. I've been hearing a lot of you rave about. Um, You'll get free shipping if you buy 100 bucks or more within the U.S. International shipping is also available. Just check out the site for rates. And when you click the affiliate link, uh, you're supporting this show and Early to Bed while saving 10% off. So it's a no-brainer go grab yourself something fun to play with this summer at earlytobed.com. A lot has been happening in the last few weeks with mod love and the mod club. We are officially a podcast now, so you can catch us on Spotify on anchor.fm and just as of this morning on pocket casts. So we're going to keep working on getting the distribution channels out there. So we're on all of them for your convenience, but also, you know, if YouTube isn't really your thing or you want to listen to us on the go, like check those out. You know, of course, follow, download those episodes, give us some love. Uh, I also set up a email account so that you can send us those questions and comments easily if you want us to discuss something on the podcast. Because again, if you're coming in through a podcast, it's not so easy to leave a comment like it is on YouTube. So you can hit us up at questions.modlove at gmail.com. So Get at us. We really want to address uh, what's going on in your lives and help you out specifically. Uh, we've got some interviews coming down the pipe that are getting uh, edited as we speak. And I think that's it for announcements. I wanted to touch briefly on our audience. Like, who is our audience? Who should be listening to this, right? So of course, it's a brand new show. It's a brand new YouTube channel. And we've been uh, been sharing it you know, with good friends of, of all varieties. And I've gotten a few comments from some of my, like, cis straight friends saying, like, oh, this is amazing, love it. Um, you know, is and they asked me, you know, is it okay if I leave a comment or is it okay if I subscribe because they feel like the show isn't really for them? So I wanted to to speak to that and say, in my opinion, Luke and, and I haven't even talked about this yet. But in my opinion, the show is for everybody. And I welcome all ears and all eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I welcome all interaction engagement from anybody who wants to engage obviously in a productive way um you know while we're obviously you know speaking from our uh, trans experience and speaking you know we we sort of anticipate and expect like a trans masculine and like queer audience like i'm totally open to this like enriching and helping educate the lives of absolutely everybody who wants to partake
1: yeah agreed completely okay (laughs) yeah Definitely.
0: So this week, uh, you know, we're talking about jumping into the topic of confidence. I think confidence is really something that probably can never be talked about too much because it's such foundational underpinning of everything in life, you know, career, love, uh, you know, self-worth, etc. So, you know, Luca and I have really just been winging these episodes and it's been a lot of fun. We're not doing a lot of planning and, We're just catching up and keeping it super organic. So, you know, Luca briefly mentioned to me this morning, like, you know, he's had an up and down week, you know, honestly, on my end, we didn't even record last week because I had a motherfucking bitch ass week. (laughs) I was just like, holy shit. And Luca and I spent the time that we would have recorded just being real friends and just being like, yeah, we just need to connect about some real shit in our lives. And, you know, so we're up here and we're not. We're not up here to be like we've, you know, we've got it 100% figured out. We're 100% perfect. Like everybody needs to listen to us and do what we say. Like, you know, we're still humans. We're still going through our own, uh, our own pitfalls and our own bumpy roads as well. But, but you know, we've we've been on the journey a long time and we've done a lot of work ourselves. So, so we're just here to share and contribute to the conversation. But yeah, yep. you know, tell me, tell me, look about your week and, and and what was up and down for you and, and where we can uh, dig in.
1: Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, all really good thoughts on the, the week's been, you know, it's pretty good. Although I, despite like a lot of things going well, I sometimes still wake up with this sort of, there's something off, or even when you, let's say achieve a lot of the things that you want to achieve, like, like where I'm living and there's other good things happening, you know, with the business, it's kind of, there's still this sort of, sometimes this feeling of, something that you can't quite put your finger on. But then I remind myself where to stay at home order. And that obviously probably affects it. So this morning, I spent a good amount of time just kind of journaling about all the things that could potentially be making me feel off. And like, you know, but I came up with about five to 10 things. And, you know, even if that doesn't fix it, it helps. Um, Just kind of put a name to the emotions. It's like a huge part of What I think um, uh, self-awareness is so key for and really important is actually being able to name what you're feeling and why you're feeling it. Um, And that can obviously take a really long time. On the confidence tip, I definitely, you know, had some, you know, it's always a kind of up and down thing. I love that you said you can't talk about it enough because every time I feel like I've hit a new level in my confidence, um there are new limiting beliefs that you uncover. There are new sort of areas that you realize you're talking to yourself in a way that isn't conducive to maybe where you want to go. Um, anyone that knows me knows like I invest a lot into personal development mindset, not just through books, but also through um, direct coaching, other types of things and whether it's business, whether it's other stuff. And um, I find that that stuff, that kind of material really pushes me mentally to think about where I'm at. And th- my main purpose was saying that is because, again, every time you think you're in a certain place, you realize that there might be way more to go. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the, I guess the specifics of it is is that you know you let's say let's take business for an example you scale to a certain point and you're you know how much it took you to get there in terms of your own beliefs about what's possible and then when you think about going further you realize that there's still this voice in your head that says you know that's for other people or you're not going to get that or that's out of the cards you know it doesn't matter what it's about especially sometimes it does run into my mind that you know being trans like you know i'm in some groups with a a lot of cisgendered guys and as much as i feel like we get along really really well um i also feel sometimes like my trans experience does hold me back mentally from some milestones um and so it's a work on it it's a work in progress
0: god so many good points so many things to respond to um you know the journaling thing that you first mentioned makes me think about how important it is to to keep these reminders around interrupting and interrupting our thoughts and also reminding ourselves that we are not our thoughts and that our thoughts are like this extra layer inside of us that we can observe from like another vantage point, right? And uh, meditation is really good for that. And just generalized, um, you know, self-help videos and things are good for that to remind us that like, we are not our thoughts, watch them like you watch a passing cloud, like watch them come in, see what see what they are see what they're about see how they make you feel but then like just let them keep floating um and then you know see what comes after that and after that and after that and you know when you can just kind of lay back and let that stuff float in and float out it can really help you get in into those deeper realms
1: different layers on that is really trippy. Like I did some, I was sitting outside doing some meditation the other day and like, you are just sitting there. Obviously you're listening. I love soundscape meditation where you basically just listen to what's around and you just try not to be like, Oh, I wish that construction wasn't going on. Or I wish that you're just basically trying to accept every sound as it comes in the moment. Then there's the sound of your own voice. That's saying things like, you know, that's thinking life stuff. Then there's the sound of your voice on top of that. That's like, you need to not be thinking meditation is about, you know, going deeper and not thinking about stuff, stop thinking. And then there's one level back from that of yourself outside of that. That's like watching that dynamic go down. And that's where it really gets deeper for me.
0: Yeah. You know, it's like, I mean, it just makes me think of the Holy Trinity for some reason. I do have like a Protestant Christian upbringing, like, you know, in all of its woes, but like, you know, like, yeah, you know, we're, we're the person creating the thoughts, we're the person judging the thoughts, we're the person like observing from the outside in. It's just like totally, oh. um, yeah, but yeah, you know, let you know, don't resist. Um, you know, there's a lot of belief that it's the resistance that creates the friction that creates the low vibration, as much as you know, even like Bruce Lee type things of like be the water, you know, all that sort <laughs> of stuff is like really just kind of culminates in this idea of like. You know, don't resist, let things flow as much as you can in and out of you. let your vibrations flow, all that good stuff um, to just help yourself feel better and get to more of, of a clear mindset. You know, when yeah. you and I spoke last week privately, it was a good reminder for me that I have, I, I, I really took a conscious break from the whole like digesting the self-help world for mm-hmm. quite a while. Because I ha- I was in it so deep, you know, back when you and I were first working together at the study and, and that whole thing. And we were like, just bam, bam, bam. I'm like, you listen to this guy, and there you listen to this guy, and reading these books and doing all that. And, you know, I was taking in that information for years, and it was really helpful and really pivotal. But when I got into this most recent relationship, I finally felt like I could just take my hands off the handlebars and coast for a little while. Like, I just, I felt amazing, I felt like I was with somebody that was really safe to do that with. And I felt like I had put in the work to just be able to take a break and relax. And I think that was beneficial. I think we always need to, you know, keep some balance to whatever we're doing. But, you know, I'm almost four years into this relationship and I was noticing, you know, just like the trickle of like, "Mm," like things kind of like building up in my head, like some questioning, some doubting, some like, ah, and you know what? A couple good good conversations with like close friends and then i was like you know what i just need to go check out some of my old material like what are these guys up to these days and like things like that and it really helped uh you know i listened to new interviews and things like that but it was just a nice reset of getting myself back in touch with some of that as well and you know it's like you just gotta you know tuck your shirt back in you know Mm -hmm. it's like Mm -hmm. a little like a little like refresh on like okay like feeling better inside
1: yep 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 i uh absolutely i i feel like it refreshes i this is on kind of another tip of the refresh though but you know i've been kind of off my posting life i used to do like post it on instagram and things like that been not posting on a lot of stuff for months um and again super needed and important but i also know that i kind of want to be putting some of my thoughts back out there, especially as it pertains to work. Um, but you have to, at least for me, and this kind of, I guess, ties back into the confidence thing, of finding that balance of, you know, for instance, I do find if I post, I might get, I sometimes get like very caught up in my head. Like you want to look at, for instance, the comments that are coming in, but I also know that the notifications of social media and the dopamine I'm trying to also limit. So it's like, I just was, I don't know what made me think of that, but I was just kind of caught between two states of being confident in what you're saying because you know that you believe in it, but also not hanging that confidence on other people's opinions, validations, or thoughts and not making right. it about the response that you're getting. It's kind of this delicate balance.
0: Yeah, it is challenging. A lot of people take social media breaks for similar reasons, I, I suspect. Um, I've never this is really my first time putting myself out there and my thoughts out on social media. Uh, and so far it's been a lot of fun, but it's, and because I've always been working in digital media to some extent, I've never felt like I could take a hundred percent. Agreed. Agreed. And <laughs> if it's personal, it's, uh, it's, it's still there for professional.
1: Yeah. Um, but yeah, I love what you were saying about hitting the books again. I've definitely been doing that at a big level with people with like just myself, with some of the people that I'm, you know, it's it's a especially entering I, I entered a group recently where I'm kind of I'm not going to say the bottom of the totem pole, but I'm definitely further down, which was a big reason, I guess, that I was pushed to sort of um, do it because they do say kind of, in especially in the mindset world, that it's very important that you're continuously surrounding yourself with different ideas, new ideas, and other people who have, you know, reached new levels of their own mental capacity to, um, whether it's confidence, self esteem, actualization, um, so that you can continue to learn from people.
0: Yeah, and you know, like you follow a certain channel for or a certain sort of mentor for a certain period of time, and you know, sometimes things get predictable, Um, you feel like you sort of get their... Uh, I can't think of the word, but you know, people have a certain like approach, I guess, that just, yeah, makes everything sort of predictable after a while. And so I can get bored and, you know, but luckily at this point in time, there's just like, seems like an infinite never ending amount of this content. Mm -hmm. Um, So when I went back to it recently, I, I, I went to new people with new interviews and things like that. And it was refreshing. And, you know, also on the career tip, like I have you know i launched a digital agency as soon as i actually before i sold the steady i launched a digital agency and then started running it full-time um, as soon as the bar sold and was really fortunate that it just went gangbusters immediately and i was buried in work and i have been you know working my fucking goddamn ass off for you know three solid years now <laughs> doing yeah. that and i know your agency has been very successful as well and you know struggling in and out of burnout in you know the last yearish of that, and yep. uh, I've given myself just the permission finally, like even though it's long overdue, to just let that slow down and mm-hmm. make space for the mod club, make space for mod love, um, pushing all this stuff. So it's a little scary in the back of my mind. I've got this voice being like, "What are you doing? Like mm-hmm. you're making less money than you're used to making right now," and even though it's been like you know just a couple of months, yeah. Uh, Just quieting that and just like also trying to take my advice of like, don't resist, trust the process, really trust yourself knowing that I've been in business long enough now that like, if I need to get the wheels spinning and get cash flowing and all that sort of thing, like I can do that. Yeah, Um, I've got the confidence now through enough experience and grind that like I can take, I can, uh, I can coast I can let things dip a little bit if I want to start up something else and and see where that goes. So that's what I'm doing. Yeah.
1: Money is such a trippy one too, especially for me, because I have put, I found like a lot of my self-worth into money for the last number of years, like maybe five plus years at this point, maybe who knows, it could even be closer to 10 years, but probably around five plus years. And, um, it really was a huge driving force for me for a long time. And it was one of the big things that I thought would increase my confidence. And to be honest, it has in many ways, like in a massive way. I think like being trans and getting out of the story that you're going to be, quote unquote, struggling has been a huge thing for me. Um, and I'm, I've been, you know, it's driven me out quite a bit. Like you've probably heard me say before, there was a, there was at least a while there where I was like, what was getting me up, I was there. I was like, I would just want to be the richest trans man in the world. And I, it really, really pushed me on a lot of levels. Obviously you have to have other things. I had to have other things like to kind of ground me in it too, but it's, it's been one, especially with Corona because I have started to, it's still very important to me and I still want to continue to grow financially and, you know, financial conversations and, you know, financial, the levels of finance are still very, very, key like if you look at the i don't know if it's like a triangle or whatever who knows what it is could be an upside front way triangle it could be yeah or a downside triangle but basically like you know going you know you're going from scarcity to security or something to financial freedom to impact, like my desire to get to impact level has been a huge piece in why confidence has been important for me to develop because you can't really get there without it. And I would say I'm hovering between stability and financial freedom, which is a huge chasm to jump. Like it's, it's, you know, they say that like going from nine to five to entrepreneur, going from entrepreneur to CEO is a bigger chasm than going from nine to five to entrepreneur. And so I find like, obviously going from security to financial freedom, long that can take you years and then obviously financial freedom to impact um but my my main reason to say that was that i've especially in corona because so much has been changed um i've realized that that my psychology around how much money i need to be worth it or feel good or feel confident is like even when I have more, it's just really strange because at one point I felt like having $2,000, I was rich. Then you get to a place where like, let's say you have $10,000, you still feel rich, but there's a little bit of fear there too. And I've realized, especially during this time, that like basing my confidence or abilities on how much is in the bank or how much I'm making on a monthly basis may not be the way that I'm going to get where I want to go only because it seems to not matter how much you have. There's still that voice like when we talk about internal mindset and all those things that plays into it not a either not being enough. Basically not being enough. Like that the scarcity mindset even when you reach a certain level of whether the business is going well or you're making money can still sometimes stay and creep in in these really interesting ways. And that's something I've been thinking about a lot over the last few months.
0: Well, I, it makes me think of a couple of things. So I think about how I, I read and hear about a lot of really wealthy people, as soon as they reach that level of wealth, it all just turns into scarcity fear, even for them, because then they're just like, how do I not lose this wealth? And that becomes the whole game is like, how to not lose it, just but still spend place. it and still invest yeah. and still like you know grow businesses and things. Um, and then, you know, in terms of like growing the businesses and making those, those chasm jumps and all that, you know. My own journey has been one, I think similar, similarly rooted in the same mindset of like, it was all just about like, how can I get to a certain amount of cash flow per month? And you know, this is partially the fault of a lot of these mentors and coaches out there too, because they'll glorify like, you know, get to $10,000 a month in six months and like how to like get to $25,000 a month in another three months. And it's like this whole sort of, you know, selling marketing tactic. And at first I was like, yeah, cool. I'm going to bite the bait on that because I just want to get to that. And, you know, but there's a big difference for one between gross and net. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, you know, getting to $10,000 a month gross, like exciting, but how much of of that are you keeping? Mm -hmm. And then even once I grew that uh, much, much beyond that, it's like, well, what's your quality of life?
1: Mm Exactly. hundred percent.
0: And so like, I started, you know, getting to like hitting these hitting these windfalls that I didn't expect to hit so soon. But you know, I wouldn't say I was miserable, but like there was nothing else to my life except working, Mm -hmm. you know, lucky to fit in a workout, you know, fit in like, you know, maybe one date night ish a week with my partner. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is not the life I want either. So it needs to be you know, I think we all sort of dream of, you know, the financially free life, right? Where the pass- the money's passive or it's just sitting there. We don't have to worry about it. We get to, to play and we get to like do whatever we love.
1: The road there is intense though. I do still believe in that road because you reach a place where it's less about how much you're making and more about strategic tactical decisions about like what you're doing that money kind of what you're saying for like, you know, I don't want to be super, super stressed all the time you know or working on things that don't aren't don't make me feel good but it takes a while to even get to that place where you have that kind of optionality
0: exactly right and a large a large thing about wealth is just options do you have options and so even just creating those options for ourselves is a big success marker on top of you know just working too much to make that much money i you know i also was looking at like well also is the work fulfilling
1: Yes, And then big. there's
0: also the, the bit about like, well, how much am I keeping? Because I'll tell mm-hmm. you, like sometimes, you know, the gross looks amazing, but the keep is like, oh, well.
1: I know it's, it's especially in a city like Toronto, I used to think in my head, yes. I was like, Oh, you know, having a six figure business, right? Cause that's a big line in the business world. Like having a six figure business, I thought I'd be like driving in my Range Rover, yeah. going on vacations all the time. Like at one point when I, especially when I worked in like a job or something and I was doing minimum wage or whatever, that was my impression of what I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, basically being there, you know, where you're revving, like not grossing, but like revving over hundred K a year, let's say it's like wow like i might have three t-shirts this one i straight up has a hole in it And, you know, just, just, it's just a very different lifestyle than I thought, but you know, there's, it's still great and it's awesome, but it's, you know, you're, you start to reevaluate, okay, what, how much you would actually need to achieve certain other things that you'd want. And this actually made me think of how this kind of ties back into relationships because a big driver for me for even going entrepreneurial was this breakup that I had. And basically thinking that it was just such a motivator for me to, you know, if I can't change certain things about myself, like the trans thing or height or color, any of those things, you can income level was the only thing that I felt like I could really control Mm. and chasing that level of control was a huge piece for me. And it it did take obviously building up confidence. It took building up a lot of things, having sales calls, you know, um, playing in a space with people that I felt like Maybe they knew more, but you obviously build up your ability to do that type of stuff. But yeah, I was just thinking about that. It reminded me that, that 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 that's kind of what sparked it, this idea that, um, you know, if I was rich, you know, I wouldn't have to worry about being trans so much or something was kind of how the story went in my head. And in many ways that that's true. But in other ways, it's, you know it's not true. Like obviously confidence and self-esteem and everything has to be outside of that.
0: Yeah. And and overall, this is a very typical like male narrative, right? To like, you know, get the money, get the woman, get the car, yes. you know, whatever, that whole sort of thing. And and I'm sure it ties back to, there's so many things to, to tie this like pursuit of money back to. Um, and, you know, I mean, it, on one hand, like, look, it's just flat out legitimate. Like, it's just like, people are always you know, your life is always going to be more comfortable. People are going to find a path into your life easier if finances are not a struggle. But just like we were talking about phalloplasty on the, on the last episode, none of these things on their own will make you happy. It, it really has to be a culmination and it all has to start with you. So I'm wondering, you know, what are the things that you think were helping you sort of, um, step into the confidence that's led you to where you are today. Like even back from, you know, I remember when you were, yeah, doing that, that grunt job for a year, um, at the acting agency, Mm that
1: was wild
0: yeah that was insane i mean i will say one thing about luca man like this guy will put his head down and grind (laughs) out some crazy shit thanks man
1: been a while but uh yeah it's nice to be reminded of that um (laughs) i would say like going way way back i think one big thing was stop self-harming as much obviously there's a lot of ways to self-harm but like you know growing up i definitely you know was a teenager who self-harmed a lot you know with cutting myself and things like that and kind of cutting free from that was the first biggest hurdle in my life i think um not allowing myself to get to a place of so much anger and sadness that i felt like that was the answer because it really is a like at least at the time it's such a was such a great way to release that level of frustration and pain that could come about from something very very small you know like because just because you're for probably a variety of reasons, like who knows, you know, someone, you might get a text from someone and it really upsets you to the point where you're like, I can't handle this. And then that because it relieves so much of your stress and pressure, you know, it becomes the answer. Uh, So the first thing for me was stopping doing that. And I can honestly say, like, I haven't gotten to a place of where it's been years, like probably over 10 years, that I, I don't even get to that place. Like I get angry and I get upset and I have, but it's like here, whereas opposed to like, I used to get angry and upset up here. So the first thing was kind of like bringing down the barometer and they say, you know, kind of opening my field of tolerance and what dro- drove me to be really upset. So that was one big thing that changed. Um, another really big thing I would say is um doing things that I felt like I couldn't do so for instance when I did passing with some people which is a short film about being black and trans I had never made a film but I really wanted to do it so I kind of just got on this whole tip of I'm going to do things even though I feel uncomfortable with them and I've been still using that to this day like I even have a call later today with somebody that I'm kind of nervous about but honestly it's like I'm just going to do it. I'm sure it's going to be great. But I that was a really, really, really big piece. And the catalyst for that was probably the breakup and then also losing my best friend at that time, which like nine years ago, those two things combined together over the period of like 12 months. I just decided like I'm going to go for it. And I know I have to do things that I'm uncomfortable with without that story in my head. That's like, you don't do that. Like I used to talk a lot more like that. And I basically stopped. So I'd say it's those two or three things or however many I said, like people still, and I do try to call people out. Like even my girlfriend, sometimes she'd be like, like, I can't, I don't know. She'll say things like how she's not a good driver. She doesn't even have her license. So I'll be the first person to say like, Yo, you don't actually know that, but you know, anyways, this whole thing. So, I think I'm always in this state where I'm trying to be aware of what I'm saying and also other what other people are saying and just help remind myself and everybody that it's like the way we talk about ourselves is a constant process and you're probably saying limiting beliefs that are stopping you from doing certain things even though they might be totally fine and it might be awesome, I don't know.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, great points one thing i want to get out before i forget is just recommending a, a book which is just called mindsets by carol dweck i think d-w-e-c-k i think her last name is so if any of you just want a little support on the mindset game in general this book goes into all aspects of someone's life and is really game-changing
1: another good wreck psych- psycho cybernetics yeah.
0: Okay. I read and that. I
1: also got a new book that's coming in like tomorrow called The Way We Talk to Ourselves. So very on point. So I'll tell you how that's that goes. Nice. Yeah.
0: Okay, good. I was listening to an interview on Lewis Howe with the guy the one of the co-founders of Quest and he also mentioned Mindsets as like his top book. So I was mm-hmm. like, oh, validated on that because I've been like, that book was pivotal for me. Growth um,
1: Mindset versus Fixed Mindset. You also gave me that one at one point. I read that.
0: Oh, really? Or did I give
1: that to you? I don't know. That was years ago, but...
0: Yeah, no, no, no. Well, this book is basically all that. Maybe I gave you mm-hmm. that book. Right?
1: Maybe, so, yes. One of the no, best yeah. books I ever read on this subject was called Reinventing Yourself. It was one of the first self-help books I was ever given. Um, like almost 10 years ago, someone just gave it to me and it was just really a game changer. It's called Reinventing Yourself. So, <clears> so feel nice. free to check that out. Yeah.
0: I, the first self-help book I read was called Think Like a Winner and I can't remember who wrote that and I can't remember if it's good or not, but yeah, I read it.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs>
0: uh you know for my journey through self-confidence i have to say like and this is a really really fucking weird time for me to give my parents any props because <laughs> i basically am at complete odds with both of them but um i will say when it comes to confidence uh, my mom, especially, but my dad, in his own ways, uh, really, my whole family—they're—they're they're dysfunctional as fuck, and they're a bunch of weirdos in, in good and bad ways. But they—they're really confident, whether they should be or not.
1: <laughs> <laughs> really, really
0: confident, and they did instill that in me, just in general principle of like, of like, just not giving a fuck about what people think, just really going for shit and not being afraid to fail um now and they a lot of them are entrepreneurs or have at least gone in in and out of that world as well so i think you know if it's possible to inherit some of that like maybe that's where that comes from with me but so i did have a backbone of that but even still you know like we still have to you know find our own way and fight our own demons because we all have them um and i think for me it was really it was really embodying i don't know just like deeper thinking into the world of how everybody is going to have a different perception of you all the time you know it's really easy to tell ourselves like people think this about me or like my reputation amongst all my friends is this or like all my colleagues think this about me and well, you know, whatever. But like the truth is that every single person thinks something different about you and you really can't control any of what they're thinking because everybody's judgments and perceptions are so layered in their own context and all that sort of stuff. And so I remember being like in college and kind of really getting this concept for the first time and just feel, feeling so much more free that I, I didn't need to be held back or held down out of fear of what other people think. And, you know, that's a, a constant reminder. I mean, even still like, even though I got that concept fairly early uh, it's something that I still have to check in with because yeah. I think these days I check in with it more against my own judgments of like, where do I want, where did I want to be at this point in my life? And am I there yet? Yes or no. And what are those judgments against myself? And can mm-hmm. I, You know, like, for example, if I were, if, if me and my relationship were to fall apart today, you know, I would have to go, you know, we're engaged. We were supposed to be married a year ago, but COVID messed that up. It's like, I would have to go back to all those people that were like, you know, celebrating the fact that I was supposed to be married and what that means and the success and, you know, the idea of success with that and say like, actually no, like, Mm -hmm. and you know, there's so much failure that whether it's actual failure or not, it just oozes the idea of failure. You know, and like wrestling with like things like that um, is something that I always have to check in with myself about. And that kind of goes back to that idea of resistance too. like, like if something isn't going well, don't resist. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, you really have to a lot of times resist your own judgments, but then also mm-hmm. those fears of what other people are going to think. Yeah, all that sort of stuff, right?
1: Yep. Absolutely. I want to
0: talk to you about like, when it comes to confidence about setting boundaries. Mm hmm. I think that was a massive one. So my first relationship, uh, I tend to say my first real relationship. So, you know, I dated men until I was 18. And then I got into my first relationship with a woman very haphazardly, but profoundly. And it was inside that relationship that she, well, first off, I was basically coming out as gay at the time. And my mother completely lost her mind and actually physically abducted me, um, which is you know maybe a whole Nuts. story we should tell at some point. And I got out of that sticky situation and got to go live where I was living, where she tried to abduct me from. But, but that girlfriend was the first person in my life to say like, whoa, wait a second, like your whole parental relationship here is super fucked. Mm-hmm. And your mother's being extremely like mentally and emotionally abusive to you. Mm-hmm. And you need to set boundaries against this. And I had been, I had just spent an entire life, you know, just taking this type of abuse. And, you know, even though I know my mom's intentions were positive and, like, you know, she had her own issues and whatever, it's like at the bottom line, it still just was. It still just yeah. was mentally and emotionally abusive as of its impact. And she taught me how to lay those boundaries. And I remember still like how terrifying that was. But through her support, I was able to do that. And you know, she also taught me how important it was to adhere to the boundaries that you lay, how to uphold them over time. And I sincerely thought at the time, like I'm losing the relationship with my mother forever. Like Mm -hmm. this is just 100% what's going to happen. Uh, but you know, I would, my mom would call, you know, I would say like, okay, here's the boundary. And then she would break the boundary within 30 seconds. And then Mm -hmm. I would say like, okay, well, I'm sorry, you broke the boundary. So now I have to hang up and I would hang up. And literally it took about six months before we finally had a conversation over the phone where I didn't have to hang up on her for breaking the boundary. And, you know, I have to give it to her for hanging in there and to keep calling (laughs) when that was happening. And, you know, fast forward a few years and, you know, she eventually got to a place where, you know, she could see the error in her ways and, you know, she kind of crossed some bridges of her own though. Our relationship is still not, you know, perfect, but, um, but that lesson of laying those boundaries back then, you know, was so crucial because I've had to reapply that in so many other places in my life but really it teaches the confidence of like standing up for yourself. Yeah. Um, not backing down. And that, you know, again, like don't resist, like you need to sort of demand what you want in life and setting those boundaries and things like that are a way of doing it. Yeah.
1: And you think you're going to be when you set them, just as you said about losing your mom forever. It's like, you know, I know someone going through something similar now. It's like, you know, if you, if you, it makes you feel as though you're like falling without a net or something. doesn't matter if it's the mom thing or just a lot of things in life can make you feel like that. But I've been really over the years about cultivating how much security can you bring within yourself so that when you are setting boundaries, it doesn't feel like you're like putting up these walls that then you're going to be somehow alone or something, or you're somehow sacrificing love or, you know, you're turning your back on the last Bit of support that you'll ever get. Like, it's interesting how we start to think those ways and feel those ways, but it's really like, no, all the stuff that you could ever want to cultivate outside, or you'd ever need somebody else to do, you do have existing inside of you anyway. So, the benefit of putting the boundary up too is that you can start to build that trust and confidence with yourself inside yourself.
0: Yeah. yeah. And that goes back to, I think, when we were intentionally single for a few years yep. and like trusting ourselves to you know, find ourselves for lack of a better term within that period, because you had mentioned how you like went into that period being like, Oh no, like, do I have to, like, I don't want to do this.
1: No. Yeah. You don't want to for sure.
0: Yeah. I was like, I felt like it just had to happen because I was so fucked, but I also felt like it was, it was not, it wasn't like, yeah, I don't like it. Like nobody goes into that. Like, yay. Mm-hmm. i don't think anyone goes into that like yay.
1: no one who needs to if you go into it yay. you probably don't need it as much as everybody <laughs> exactly. else <laughs> exactly
0: and i was if
1: you don't was, want it then that's when you know you need it
0: exactly i was i was super messy for the first year year and a half of it like i was if i saw couples having like public affection In my mind, I was like, you're disgusting. Me too,
1: me too, me too. (laughs) I felt the exact same way. Now I'm like, oh, like I'm totally into it. But, you know, I had to get there first before I even met my partner. But for the first couple of years, I was like resentful, angry. Don't even want to watch a movie with romance, to be honest.
0: Yeah, no, it's true. I felt (laughs) the same way. And then, but then once that the tide turns and you actually realize, like, oh, I'm good.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Then I was like, oh shit, because now some the bar that somebody has to reach is so higher, yes, so much higher. Not just anyone
1: who wants to date or whatever.
0: Because I was like, because because for me to get back in a relationship at that point meant risking losing that. Fucking amazing place! I had just yeah. felt spent three years of pain building back up. Yeah, and even though it shouldn't feel like that, maybe like that is sort of how I thought about it. And I was like, I was just, I was so content. I was so good. I was so happy um, that I was really leery of risking that by going back into a relationship.
1: Yeah, it's got to feel like a good click to make it. I would have just stayed single to be honest forever. If I, you know, because I was in a good place, I, you know, and then when you do meet someone that's like, okay, cool, you know, you start to feel the thing that you feel like is very important to feel. And it's not like I didn't like have crushes or anything in that time, but you know, it's got to line up in a way that feels right. And most stuff you realize didn't, a lot of it was forced Mm -hmm. or you jump in real quick because you're afraid you're going to lose it, lose the person or lose the situation you gotta lock them down
0: yeah i don't know once i was in that good place i just felt like i just saw through people's bullshit even just so much faster in a way and and just it was just it was just ickier yeah it was just like ickier it was just like oh it was like my force field was so much more bright or something
1: yeah
0: um but, you know, in terms of getting to that, I, I think within that three-year gap of, of intentional non-dating to get to that positive side of it, uh, a lot of that gap is just enduring, like just enduring the shittiness that you're yep. going to feel because you're just going to feel shitty. And you, sometimes it's like literally just fucking one day at a time, oh, like they say. I've been on
1: the floor, like, like crying, Yeah, you know, just yeah, out of just... Like, purge out of a purge
0: it's like i remember days where i just felt like there is nothing valuable in my life Mm -hmm. i offer nothing valuable to the world Mm -hmm. um there's just like nothing of any consequence here whatsoever like my days are full of mundane stupidity that nobody gives a fuck about (laughs) Mm -hmm. and the only thing that i need to do is just stay alive for some reason that i can't even foresee in the future like i just I'm just gonna keep myself alive because why not? Because at some mm-hmm. point I'm going to die whether I want to or not. And so I might as well just fucking stay alive for now and just see what the fuck it awaits me. Like maybe mm-hmm. something good awaits me, maybe it doesn't, but like whatever. That was like <laughs> sort of how I would get myself through some of those days forcing myself to just put myself in some environments i normally wouldn't have like i took some i took 100%. some improv classes
1: was i went to stretch. a krav maga dude that was like the most intense thing that i voluntarily put myself through oh, a krav shit. maga it's like martial arts it's like this israeli army martial arts thing yeah, um intense. i just went to a class and i was like shit. i'd never done any hand-to-hand combat stuff but i went and it was a huge uh i was doing that stuff when i was in my single period to just those kinds of things where you're like I'm terrified but I'm going yeah. for it yeah, and I want to build yeah. up the gut person that you want to be you got to have a vision and an image of who you want to be and I wanted to be the kind of guy who uh felt fine going to those types of classes and could felt like they could hold their own in a room of cisgendered men even if it was physical and you know it's always work in progress
0: yeah and you know even if you don't stick it out forever like it doesn't have I to just be to like one you class. make it Yeah. It doesn't have to be you making like some life commitment to like, this is my new purpose or something. It's just like, just, I think, I almost think that like when you feel shitty like that, it's kind of easier to put yourself into these things too. Like you might need somebody to remind you to do it like we're doing now or something. But I, I remember feeling almost like I feel so bad that like who cares if i go to this thing and just also feel bad doing
1: it Mm a hundred percent a hundred percent yeah but
0: you'll you'll surprise yourself usually by you know you'll strike up a conversation you didn't expect or like you know maybe you'll perform better than you expected like i went to some fucking like hip-hop dance classes too like how embarrassing can you be like being the fucking like single white guy (laughs) anybody going up to like hip-hop dance classes yeah um what else did i do i picked up guitar again and like that was that actually really resonated with me and stuck with me and i have a lot of sorrow that i haven't been able to keep the time up for that as i run the digital agency but while i was single connecting to music and guitar was really therapeutic
1: yeah, 100%. I, I agree on that 100%.
0: So like, you know, if anyone's listening that or, you know, is going through something like that, or maybe you feel like a breakup is looming and you're sort of dreading it and you're like, oh, God, like, I don't want to be alone again. You know, like, what am I going to do? Um, you know, just remember that it might be exactly what you need. And that yeah, it might, you know, it almost always sucks, but like, let it suck, live in the stuck Keep yourself going. Mm-hmm. And, but then, you know, push yourself, take in the self-help things like taking the books that we've mentioned. You know, look for YouTube channels that resonate with how you're feeling. Um, get that support. You know, maybe in COVID it's hard to push yourself out of your element, but there's a lot of things online potentially that you can like seek out and do. And, you know, it really just comes down to like, you know, finding new friendships, relationships, you know, sometimes I hear people talk about how there's friendships that they already have that they've just never risked making deeper.
1: Yeah, so true.
0: You can, you know, think about like who's in your network already, Mm -hmm. who you like and feel good around, but maybe you've never had a a conversation around something more intimate or personal. Because
1: when you, especially if it's a breakup situation or if you're feeling that lack and longing, usually it's for a certain person and nothing else is going to satiate that. You tell yourself. One thing I tried to do when I was going through a lot of that was even when I was like, I was because I was traveling a lot and I was speaking to students like all across the country. And they all needed a lot of support and a lot of intimacy and a lot of connection and communication. And I found myself trying to bring that, okay, what if, you know, these people were the people that the person I long for? Honestly, what if that tree was the person I long for that I want their love and attention and affection right now? how would that change the dynamics of how you're dealing with other people and going about your life? And it did a lot for me, you know, and it really made me appreciate things that I might not have because you're just so blinded. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it's like, if it's not this thing, then it's nothing. And that whole saying of like, you know, home is where the heart is. Like I, I struggled a lot with, um, you know, um, homesickness and my, my family traveled a lot. Um, And anytime I left the city, I was immediately homesick and I would make do. And, you know, I would figure like I I would have some good times, like when we'd go to Florida and things like that. But I was always so excited to get home and see my friends. Mm -hmm. And like, I'd feel this kind of missing pit in my stomach at times. And um, that kept going even until into adulthood. And so figuring out what that's from and how why I feel that way uh and again it's a mental shifting of perspective and that's why i did start to realign with that whole term of like how do you make yourself you know if you can't be with the one you love love the one you're with Home is where the heart is that whole stuff it seems very surface but to really live that is a tough you know it's like it takes obviously some time and sometimes when we are in those states of feeling lack it's because we're not coming from that place because you don't you want your- to like, you're just like, that. <laughs> like, I, I just I don't want to even because and because part of you sometimes doesn't even want to feel better, at least me. Sometimes I'm like, I could feel better right now. but Honestly. No. Nah. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I think if you feel that way, you got to just let yourself feel that way. Yeah um and, you know at a certain point you'll get sick of yourself feeling that definitely way. and you know so don't try to fight it again like don't resist just like be where you are and accept it but also try to move yourself towards the light or whatever um but I'm glad you brought up your childhood a bit too because that reminds me of you know like just childhood trauma work um you know if you're having a series of bad relationships or you're just kind of chronically feeling bad or, or you feel like people in many areas of your life are not responding to you favorably or giving, you know, you're just kind of chronically confused or feel like an outsider. Uh, It might be a good thing to look into like childhood trauma. I mean, we almost all have it in some form or another. Like even if our childhoods were were sort of picture perfect on paper, you know, there's still just ways that we internalize shit that happened to us that can affect us and all that sort of stuff. So it doesn't mean that you have to be like, you know, like, a childhood, like it doesn't mean you have to have severe abuse history to do childhood trauma work, is what I'm trying to say. And mm-hmm. I did some of this a year ago, actually. And, you know, there's a lot of powerful stuff in sort of taking in the information around the fact that we all have like a little kid self that is sort mm-hmm. of ever present. And that little kid self is a lot of the times like the representation of our trauma from childhood that has never been healed. So, when we're getting these flare ups of these like really familiar feelings that feel bad, you know, over the course of our life, that there's these places that you tend to always um, go back to over and over again, it's probably a childhood trauma that is not healed. And there are ways to work with that stuff to get yourself beyond it. And it's not necessarily easy and it's not overnight. But the first step is just sort of confronting it, finding a trauma therapist and starting to talk to that person because you know sort of the gist of what they'll tell you is that you need to read you need to talk to your inner child in some form or fashion and you need to reassure them because they're basically still in some form of panic and anxiety about Mm -hmm. something that happened and something that continues to happen in your adult life is is scratching that and and triggering that you can do some work around that
1: yeah, my girlfriend just got a book who came today uh, called Healing the Mother Wound. Apparently, okay. like, really good. Yeah. And it talks, I think, about that type of stuff, like, because you need to basically learn how to be your own parent in many ways and yeah. how to, you know, yeah, talk to that part of yourself and how to fill in the gaps that weren't there.
0: And I find this is
1: or that were there, but you just need them longer because you don't have the same kind of relationship with your parents as you get older, obviously.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, and I, and I think this is helpful because I don't think this is the kind of work that that you can just think of to do on your own. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I I've been in therapy most of my trans life because they force you into therapy to get T approved. Right. And so, and I was already in a terrible relationship. So I spent most of that therapy just time dealing with that relationship and then another therapist dealing with another relationship and then, you know, so on. And then I was like, man, I'm sick of spending all this time and money dealing with these stupid relationships. Mm -hmm. Um, So I took a break. And then when I went back this time, I was like, I just want to deal with me. And we kind of got talking about this childhood stuff pretty quickly. All right. Well, that's the hour. Uh, Listen, folks. um, Yeah, please follow these channels. Check us out on Spotify. Check us out on Anchor.fm or pocket casts if you listen to that one and more (laughs) channels to come and email us uh, questions.modlove at gmail.com give us comments like subscribes help support the channel and we're going to keep pumping up this content for you and we've got some really great interviews coming down the pipe